Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Happy Friday and welcome back to another edition of Believe in 49ers presented by the Believe Podcast Network. I am your host, Tom Paul III. You can follow me on Twitter at Tommy underscore I, I, I. That is triple I. You can also catch all my written work for all things 49ers via Niners Wire on the USA Today SMG Network. But folks, let's get down to business because we have a game to prepare for as the 49ers try to bounce back from their first loss of the season and get back into the win column at home on Monday Night Football. But before we can talk about the Vikings, we have to talk about some of the things going on with the 49ers because the sting of that first loss in Cleveland is still rippling as Kyle Shanahan tries to get his squad ready for Kirk Cousins, old friend Kirk Cousins. It's weird talking about him in this aspect because whenever Kirk Cousins' name gets brought up with the 49ers, it's usually about some trade rumor or about Kyle Shanahan's interest in him and the connection there. But now Kyle has to get his guys ready against Kirk and Vikings for Monday night football. Five players missed practice on Thursday with different injury designations. Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Trent Williams, Dre Greenlaw, Aaron Banks all missed practice on Thursday, which is not a good sign. However, that extra day of rest as they prepare for Monday night football could be wildly beneficial for a team that is dealing with this many injuries. I mean, even cornerback Isaiah Oliver was limited in practice on Thursday. Each player is currently considered day-to-day. We don't have a, you know, a true evaluation for them yet, whether it's questionable, all this and that. I'm sure we'll probably get that here in the next day or two. But I am no doctor by any means. So it's always kind of murky when you try and read into these situations. But let's try and take this before we go to doom and gloom, let's try to take this with the glass half full approach. There's been no clear indication, like I just mentioned, on how serious these injuries have been. The fact that nobody's been cleared, nobody's been not cleared, nobody's been ruled out yet is positive. And then again, the extra day with Monday Night Football for rest, I'm going to keep mentioning it because it is so crucial. And again, how much do you want to rush these guys back? I think that is the million-dollar question. Let's pour this glass out, the glass half full. Let's pour that out and talk about what you'd be willing to sacrifice for the health of guys like Christian McCaffrey, Trent Williams. Do you run out the reserve unit against a desperate Viking squad and potentially drop another game? But if you do not play them this week and they're 100% for Joe Burrow and the Bengals next week, Is that worth it? What price do you put on this week's game against the Vikings? Yes, it is never smart to look ahead. But for injuries, especially ones that are involving so many key players, so many Pro Bowl, all Pro level guys that make the machine that is the 49ers go, when you're talking about those guys with an injury, you have to take everything into consideration. And even that means might mean looking ahead this week. I tend personally to lean toward giving them the max amount of rest needed to get back to 
especially against the Bengals, who are coming on. And that's going to be one of the more highly anticipated games of the early season stretch for the 49ers, I guess. Is it too early to say mid-season? Early mid-season? Eh, sounds kind of weird. But another week of you know Jordan Mason and Elijah Mitchell leading the rushing attack isn't necessarily bad. And let's remember, Brian Flores' defense with the Vikings isn't Jim Sorch's with the Browns. Last week, he faced one of the tougher defense, if not the toughest defense outside the 49ers on the road in a, in a rowdy environment. You know, you're playing the Vikings who have a relatively softer defense at home with an extra day's rest. So how much do you factor that in? And, you know, since there are so many guys hurt, what injury scares you the most? I mean, you name off those list of guys, Christian McCaffrey, Trent Williams, Debo Samuel, Dre Greenlaw even. I mean, it is a who's who of 49er playmakers. Which one scares you? Which one's the most impactful if they were to miss a game? Who would you rather sit versus rather you get them out there? My vote personally goes to Trent Williams in terms of impactful. I mean, he's pound for pound, pound for pound, one of the best players in the NFL. Maybe one of the most impactful non-quarterbacks in the league. You throw him in a conversation with a Miles Garrett, Tyree Kill, Micah Parsons. I'm sure there's probably some other guys I'm forgetting that deserve to be in that conversation. But that level of player can't simply be replaced with a reserve. This isn't an insult to Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. Just Williams is that good. While Williams can only do what he does, you trust Kyle Shanahan to manufacture production with different skill players like Jordan Mason, Brandon Ayuk, if McCaffrey and Debo were to need more time. Personally, those are the guys that I go, hey, take as much time as you need, especially Christian McCaffrey, because when the playoffs roll around and the colder months start to pick up, that's a guy you're going to desperately want to lean on, especially with a young quarterback like Brock Purdy. We will get more injury news as the week moves on later in the week here. It could come down to the wire. But let's look ahead to some players to watch on Monday Night Football in the Bay Area. First, Brock Purdy. We finally saw some shine rust off his armor against the Browns. I've been highly talked about how he played against the Browns. Almost put that game under an absolute microscope. But every great quarterback has an off game. And to me, you find that what you have in a quarterback with the response. After thinking about it for a few days, I genuinely think his performance and the loss against the Browns was a blessing in disguise. And that might sound crazy, but this type of game Purdy was bound to happen. It was coming. I mean, no quarterback was playing at the level he was playing at with the least amount of mistakes like he was doing at that time leading up into the Browns game and think about it the game still came down to the final play he was still without Debo Samuel Christian McCaffrey Trent Williams was banged up so it took all of that to finally show some bruises on Brock Purdy now we see how he responds a bounce back is key. A step forward is positive. Let's remember, Monday against the Vikings will be his 15th game. Some bumps in the road are expected, but however, can he stay the course on that road? Or will the bumps force him to take a left turn? 
That's the route we do not want to see. Let's see where his confidence is at. It should be still very, very high. I want to see him rip those throws over in the middle. I want him to see take take this in third level throws instead of the check downs and the underneath routes. That's who Brock Purdy is. And I feel like when he does not keep his eyes downfield and if he isn't worried about making a mistake, that's when the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan have some problems because his ability to keep his eyes up and be willing to kind of take the explosive play versus that, that, you know, check down has what made the, is what makes the 49ers offense so special. You know, per will get you 30. That's why they're doing that. So obviously all eyes will be on Brock Purdy. It's going to be something highly talked about going into Monday Night Football. If the Vikings and Brian Flores try to take some of the things Jim Schwartz did to the to Purdy and the 49ers to try to take him away. He's a he's a player that we're absolutely going to be watching, obviously, as he's going to be under center every time. But how does he bounce back? Is a touchdown and an interception okay? I mean, I think that's fine. It's little mini step forwards. Can he manufacture a win? Can he move this offense up and down the field? Or does he look completely rattled and you start to see him as Mr. Irrelevant, the seventh round pick? Does he regress after now having a loss attached to his name is the big thing we're going to see on Monday night. Another player we want to keep an eye on is Nick Bosa. It has been a fairly quiet start to the season for Bosa in the box score. Let's talk about that. Two and a half sacks, which is a light number for him after, what is it now, six games? While I believe it's tough to look at the impact of Bosa through the lens of sacks and pressures and all that stuff because, you know, he does so many things and probably relieves an tremendous amount of pressure on guys like Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead, who have been amazing and kind of made the 49ers interior pass rush go. And along with all that, they lack in the you know production stat sheet is something we want to keep an eye on with Bosa. And just it's weird when you're an edge rusher and you're a guy of the caliber of Nick Bosa, sacks is what people look for. And we're so used to seeing Bosa get to the quarterback time and time again. So two and a half through this point in the season is awfully low. And then you head into Monday night. And one thing about the Vikings is they have an absolute stud on their hands at left tackle with Christian Derrissaw. They've played against each other. Bosa and Derrissaw have matched up in the past. Derrissaw actually fared fairly well against Bosa, and that is tough to say for many guys around the league. According to Pro Football Focus, he's been one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL for six weeks with like an 86.7 grade. He's only allowed one sack on the season, but let's not forget, Bosa is currently the number one ranked edge defender on Pro Football Focus with a 93.4 overall grade, even with only having two and a half sacks. Bosa versus Derisaw should be one of the best trench warfare battles of the week. I'm very excited to see what happens when 97 is meeting up against Derisaw on the field. And we all know who Kirk Cousins is. And if Bosa is pressuring him, he's going to look like a different guy. And that could just be a key alone to win this game. You know, on the other side of the football, flipping back to offense, Let's lump Jalen Moore and Colton McKivitz in together. As I mentioned earlier, you know, 
the 49ers would be in trouble in any game without Trent Williams because he is that impactful of a player. And let's just be honest, he is irreplaceable. However, it is always next man up in case he can't go. And it looks like it could be Jalen Moore. We're also going to lump Colton McKivitz into this pile as well for for what we're going to watch on Sunday. But if there's going to be a way to limit Brock Purdy's ability to bounce back, it's going to be putting pressure on him and squeezing him. And without Williams, that becomes easier and more of a possibility. Yet, Moore and McKivitz will have a chance to kind of shine here a bit against a underwhelming and kind of mid-tier pass rush with the Minnesota Vikings. Daniel Hunter, veteran, edge rusher, he's racked up eight sacks on the season, which is a high number. It's kind of the opposite of Bosa. But then you look at his PFF grades of his impact, and it's fairly low. Marcus Davenport, a veteran who played a long time with the Chiefs, a former high-round pick, He's been quiet in Minnesota. Keep them quiet. This is not the breakout game because they may be going against some reserve offensive linemen. They're going to be tasked with shutting those guys down and keeping Purdy upright, which is obviously so important to his game. And Lack of pressure is so important to his game. So those are going to be some guys we'll be watching. Some other players I want to keep an eye on heading into this week is Jordan Mason, obviously. I mean, where does Kyle Shanahan find these guys? It's just the running back production is always there. Jordan Mason looked like a stud on Sunday against the Browns. And then I keep bringing his name up here on the podcast. I'm just intrigued with Ronnie Bell, and only we've seen glimpses of him. But if Debo Samuel can't go, I'm interested to see what the opportunity is for Bell. And if he mentions time, I mean, I – I don't know. I just I'm interested in seeing what Ronnie Bell can do with what he did in the preseason and the moments he's had already during this season. He's a guy that I'd be excited to see what happens if they get a shot. However, I hope not because I actually just traded Debo Samuel in one of my fantasy leagues and kind of a blockbuster. I gave up Raheem Mostert, who had a big day last week, who's having continual continual big days for the Miami Dolphins, and I also included Christian Kirk in that deal. And he went off on Thursday. I caught the long ball on Thursday night football against the Saints just last night, recording this podcast Friday morning. Um, so I hope Debo's out there. I, I still think, you know, when he is doing his thing, the windows he opens up for the 49ers offense is insane, obviously. So I have faith in Debo getting back out there. But again, you know, we're going to go with the approach that take as much time as needed. Okay. Let's look at the Minnesota Vikings a little bit. Let's scout the opponent and drop some keys to victory. I am one of the few Kirk Cousins defenders. I think he is solid, a solid quarterback that will, I think it's as simple as as this. He will beat you if you are not locked in. If you are off, he will take advantage. However, Kirk in primetime, as much I think as I think Kirk Cousins isn't worthy to get picked on like he does and and the jokes that surround him week in and week out. Primetime Kirk is worthy maybe of the jokes. He's he's 7-11 in his career on primetime games. And some of those 11 losses have been dreadful performances. And without Justin Jefferson, who's on the injured reserve, one of the most talented players in the NFL, that can only trend Yet, like I said, Kirk Cousins is good enough to embarrass you if you're not ready. Kevin O'Connell is one of the more underrated coaches in the NFL. He comes from that similar tree of like McDay, Mike McDaniel, 
Kyle Shanahan. We know all those names. So if you're not prepared, you know we're going to be drawing some stuff up to counter that 49ers defense. And the Browns tried their best to lay an example of how you, you know, attack that defense. And Kirk Cousins is a lot better than PJ Walker. However, outside of that, it's crazy to at this point when we're talking about the Vikings, when you used to mention guys like Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. Now you just kind of lead with Kirk Cousins because the rest of the squad outside of, you know, TJ Hawkins and Jordan Addison, who we're going to talk about here in a second, it's fairly underwhelming. And that kind of speaks to where they're at with their record. Alexander Madison, Cam Akers, very, mm, yeah, sorry to all the people that drafted Alexander Madison high in fantasy drafts. That tandem in the Minnesota backfield has been very underwhelming. They're not much of a concern, but Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt, who also aren't spectacular, did poke some holes in the 49ers defense last week. You know, the Vikings, though, are going to try to, I think, attack the 49ers so differently. They love to go through the air in a big way. Kirk Cousins trails only Tua for passing yards and leads the NFL in pass attempts with 235. The Vikings are going to sling it. They're going to press the ball down the field and test Isaiah Oliver, Lenore, Mooney Ward. They're all going to be tested. The ball is going to be flying around on Monday night. And Jordan Addison, as we talked about some guys for the 49ers, Jordan Addison seems to be a player to keep on an eye on. Absolute stud receiver. Spent a lot of time with the Pittsburgh Panthers in college before one year with Caleb Williams and USC. This guy looks like a first-round pick already. Kirk Cousins is finding him, especially around the end, end zone, in the red zone. He's already grabbed four touchdowns this season. If there's one guy the 49ers are going to have to handle business with, I believe it's number three, Jordan Addison, because he's already shining a bit, and him and Jefferson next to each other, man, that looks like it could be a lethal combo at wide receiver. However, with him out, K.J. Osborne is another guy that they love in Minnesota that the 49ers are going to have to you know, keep an eye on because if they don't take him into consideration, he has hurt teams in the past. But what it comes down to, in my opinion, is even if Justin Jefferson was healthy, the talent disparity is just its too great for the Vikings to overcome. We've seen it every time they've played this year. The Vikings just aren't who they were even last year. So with all that being said, let's find the edge, drop some of our, our official prediction, along with a couple prop bets for Monday night football. The 49ers are six and a half point favorites on Monday, which it seems, I don't know, that number seems low. According to our friends over at Bet Online. the over-under is also 51 and a half. And I think it is pointing that that six and a half might be pointing towards one of these guys like McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, uh, Trent Williams sitting out. I just think that line is too low. If not, we'd probably see it push a little higher because the Vikings just have not been good this season. So I think personally the 49ers cover that number. And I'm going to drop my prediction as 31-20. Brock Purdy gets back on track. We get a defensive score in this one with college with uh, excuse me. I almost called Kirk Cousins Kyle Shanahan with Kirk Cousins putting the ball in the air at time. I think the 49ers defense takes advantage, takes one of those back on Monday night, and Brock Purdy 
gets you back to 30. For prop bets, the four, there's just none that's screaming me with the 49ers right now. It's murky because obviously, you know, we don't know what these injuries look like, how Kyle Shanahan's going to disperse some of these guys. So I look at some of the props for the Vikings specifically. And, you know, I like Jordan Addison over 48 and a half receiving yards because I just think the volume is going to be there. If you have him on your fantasy team, I think that's another interesting play this week. And then, you know, going back to that, I also think Kirk Cousins, one and a half touchdown passes in this game. I like that a lot. I like Alexander Madison under 48 and a half rushing yards. So those are a couple props we have for you all strictly for Vikings. I think this script is pointed towards a lot of passes from the Vikings, which they've done all season and limited runs because Alexander Madison, it's just, he's just not the former Boise state running back has not shown a lot this year. So I think they should be able to limit him under 48 and a half rushing yards. And that does it for our prediction and preview for the Vikings, but let's not go anywhere as we always do on believe in 49ers in a game preview. We look ahead to college football, to the NFL draft, but I'm going to drop a little bit of a different spice on our preview for college football. Let's just talk about our preview for Saturday sports and in general, because we have an absolute barn burning day on Saturday, all time coach couch potato day. If you were to rank Saturday on just couch potato ability, if you were to give that a draft, Garrett, I mean, it's a first round pick. You have an absolute banger to start off the morning in college football with Ohio State versus Penn State. And let's give you a couple names to watch on that one because a lot of attention will shift to Marvin Harrison Jr. and the Buckeyes, rightfully so. They've played some good games this year. We already saw them against Notre Dame earlier in the year. But Penn State has some dogs. I think they're number three versus number six, Penn State. They have some dogs that are going to be playing on Sunday soon, starting with offensive lineman Olu Fashano. Fashuno? I, I hope I just totally butchered that name. I should have just went with a pronunciation and stuck with it. But likely going to be one of the first offensive linemen off the board, an absolute stud in the Big Ten. Then you got Kalen King, a cornerback. 49ers fans should be paying attention to him and then chop robinson great name pass rusher with some of the best he's another offensive another defensive lineman that the 49ers should keep an eye on these guys are all likely first round picks maybe you know top 50 picks you also get bama versus tennessee duke who we've talked about before against florida state jordan travis he was our guy that we said we should sprinkle on the heisman trophy and our first edition of Believe in 49ers here way back when, six or seven weeks ago. Then the nightcap, you got Utah versus USC, Washington, Arizona State, late at night. As much as I love college football, one of the things I love a little bit more, or let's just say on the same level, I got a little, I got a TV set up in my garage, I got three TVs, so I'm lucky enough to get a glimpse at all this action going on on Saturday. But there's also a monster UFC, UFC 294. I had to bring it up. It's so exciting, this fight card. And if you're a fight fan, hit me up on Twitter. I'd love to talk about it. I'd love to see what your guys' picks are. So with that being said, I'm going to drop a couple picks for you for UFC 294. It's an insane card. I love the UFC. 
I'm also excited for it to be on at 11 a.m. out of Abu Dhabi. Just an electric sports day. You got Chelsea versus Arsenal in the morning if you want to go the EPL route into college football, into UFC, back into college football. There's probably NBA preseason if you want to mix that in as well. Electric day of sport. But if talking about the picks, I mean, I, I like Kamzat over Kamara Usman in a big way. I, it sucks to say I'm not a big Kamzat fan. Usman does not – He's just not the same right now, and it's just not really a great matchup for him either. He's taking it on short notice. Absolute warrior to step up. UFC works some magic to get Alexander Volkanovsky into this. Kamar Usman into this card when some guys dropped out Paulo Costa earlier in the fight card. And you know, those that's one fight. I'm gonna butcher some more na- names here. I like said Ner. Ner- I'm not even gonna go down that one. But I like him over Kafuru. I like Trevor Peak over Muhammad Kaya. So those are some picks that I like. I, again, sorry if I butchered those names at the end. True diehard fight fans are going to be listening to me like, oh, my God. Does this guy even watch? Does he even know these names? Good luck to my wife and anyone out there who's trying to drag me to the pumpkin patch on Saturday. Yikes. It's going to be a tough call because we have some serious action on Saturday, folks. And I know that's not a lot of 49ers talk, but we got to mix it up here at the end of Believe in 49ers. We got to make it a little bit fun. But before we wrap things up, I want to say good luck to all those out there who are sprinkling some action throughout the weekend. Good luck to all your fantasy matchups out there. How is your leagues looking? How are you guys looking? Because I feel like some teams are defined across the board. And I think the worst case in fantasy football right now is you're starting to see like, hey, my team's fairly good, but I'm also getting ran because – I have bad luck. Is that happening to any? Are you guys out there like top five, top three in points four, but also your records two and three, one and four at this point in the season, just looking kind of ugly. Good luck to all those out there on fantasy football. We will be back here on Believe in Four Times with a reaction to Sunday's contest and then another preview next week for college football. There will be no UFC. I'll hold that one back because I butchered the names, but We'll be back next week again on another edition of Believe in 49ers. Please subscribe to the podcast to stay tuned for our next episode. Hit me up on Twitter at Tommy underscore III. That is three eyes in a row. I got to change that name and make it sound a little bit better for when I'm talking out loud. But hit me up on Twitter if you want to talk some ball. If you have some takes on a player from the NFL draft, if you have a good little prop nug you're sprinkling on Sunday, or if you want to talk about UFC, if you want to educate me. Hit me up there. We could, I'd love to talk to you guys. I'll always ride with my Believe in 49ers listeners. But as always, thank you so much. This is the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Sports Network. Thank you so much for everybody listening. Please subscribe. I'm Tommy Call. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.